What's up, golf addicts? We're back in the saddle, the Tour Junkies, for the 2021 Valspar Championship. This is the DraftKings preview episode. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. We have a huge announcement coming very, very shortly. We've got a special guest here to break down the golf course and give you a couple picks. It's going to be a fun show. DB here, your boy, with my uh, my Wild Leap vodka and soda in my Crow's Nest Augusta National Masters Cup. Pat, what you sipping on tonight for that podcast, Jizzus? And good to see you, buddy. Uh, you got, took a week off last night. I don't, I don't have any Wild Leap tonight. I've got a little Yingling, and this is their Golden Yingling. Pilsner. A little Golden Pilsner tonight. You do like a little Yingling, huh? It's an American. Just a chi- good old, just a good you know beer that uh we know it's from your hometown producer sam he always likes to pop up the chat every time i mention yingling it's from my hometown <laughs> okay, we know it's it. like he brewed it it's like he his uh his mom like created it or something uh thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining the show if you're watching live on youtube we appreciate that we're gonna have i mean we got a huge announcement coming i'm really excited about it you guys are gonna be like what the f is going on uh, with the tour junkies here in just a minute, it's going to be a lot of fun. We did, we did. What? What? Mumble. Well, you said it's a good announcement. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is like the August, the, the masters of announcements. It's, oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's like unlike any other. Yeah, that we've ever had. Is. It's like a, it's like a Fred Ridley pops up for his his annual presser, and you're not expecting him to say. Uh, yeah, we're about to host a women's amateur event right down the street, and it's happening next year. You know, like, or uh, or when the drive, chip, and putt thing came out, or one of these days, it's going to be like, hey, we built a tunnel uh, under the ground, and literally, you can drive to the national from like anywhere in the state of Georgia. It's going to be something weird, but it's kind of like that. You're just yeah. not going to see it coming. Uh, we did take a week off last week for the Zurich. Hope you guys. Enjoyed that. Great week. <clears throat> it was a fantastic week off. We played TPC Sawgrass, a stadium course, last Monday and had no energy, uh, especially with the weekend that we had uh, prior to that. But we played it Monday, had no energy, had no ability to research, and it was just a good week to take off. The Zurich's kind of a funny event. Uh, it was fun to watch Cam Smith, Mark Leishman uh, pull that out, the, the mullet uh, Aussie rockin' duo. I wonder if Leash will grow a mullet now himself, like a real one. I know he kind of rocked a fake one, but that would be interesting. It seems like Cam Smith is all in in it right now. Like he said, I don't know that I can take it off now at this point. Um, I know producer Sam hopped on that that number at like ten or twelve to one, thanks to thanks to you, Pat. And it was a good time. I think you know the Zurich is a fun event. I love to watch an alternate shot. I basically don't watch it on Thursday or Saturday because four ball bores me. But alternate shots fun to watch. Um, yeah, that's about I, and I would say like next year just go super contrarian. I think one percent of DraftKings lineups got six of six through uh last week for the Zurich. So there was chaos. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think yeah, it, it, you know, not just for DraftKings, but for your 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 betting purposes, I think you can also go a little bit contrarian. Although we did see Oh, never mind. Forget that. Okay. Just go contrarian. Yeah, go super contrarian. I will say this. Um uh, you know, we did we did run the Nut Hut contest, so I got to shout out Bryce Moore, who just if you if you're in the Nut Hut and you're not you're not picking Bryce Moore's brain every he now and then, he wins everything. He wins all the damn time. The guy wins money all the time on DraftKings. He just he just prints it, and he rocks the TJ avatar. He's been a longtime listener, supporter of the show. He won the Nut Hut Listener League. Watch out for him. 
come come the finals in the summer. We could be hosting. Is he the one that built the fence that we we were going to call the was. TJ fence? I think he was. Yeah, he won like ten, yeah. tens of thousands of dollars, and he's going to put a fence in his backyard. I mean, yeah, he, he needs to put our name. You know, put TJ somewhere in the fence. Maybe he's already done with yeah. the fence. I, I don't know, but yeah. He um anyway he won that so he'll be he'll be in the finals and then the week before at the Heritage got a shout out Dr Rico thirteen won the Heritage uh, listener league so both those guys gonna see them in the finals that'll be fun um, also with the Zurich I want to do this I think this would be fun uh, in the comments on YouTube tell us what you think me and Pat's walk up song should be you know give us a comment <laughs> we need a comment for the algorithms okay. Just even if you can't think of a good song, just write down a song, any song, literally pick any song in the world and just type it in there. It helps the algorithm a little bit. It pumps up the show. Comment, comment, comment. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe while you're there. But I would be really interested to hear from the people if me and Pat were to have a walk up song, what should that, what should, what do you think would be a fitting walk up song? I think that could be really entertaining. Um, the Zurich was interesting. Also, if you didn't listen, I did do an impromptu off the cuff. Uh, recorded it in my car podcast on the way to and from TPC Sawgrass, uh, which that was fun. I kind of gave you some behind the scenes in intel on uh, on Pat and his life and and about him, me, yeah, and a little bit about yeah. Ben. And then I talked a little bit about producer Sam and and Kyle and the, and our, our our TPN brothers over there at the Props Network. I talked about some of the inner business dealings of the tour junkies and then some of the future stuff. Um, it was just random fun. I recapped our round at Sawgrass for, for the folks that was, uh, really humbling and it was a good time. So you can check that out if you want. That's up on, uh, it's only on the podcast channels. It's not a YouTube video. So check that out. I'm sure you have a comment. I, I do actually highly recommend it, even though, uh, I'm going to, at some point, it may take me 10 years, but there's going to be a rebuttal podcast where I can, where I'm going to create my own narrative. I'm going to do my thing for, for an hour or whatever it was that you spent talking. And I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about Ben and probably not going to talk about Kyle and Sam that much, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about you two. Mostly, mostly you, mostly you. Yeah. And I'm going to, there's going to be a lot of rebuttal, but it was good. I, I was entertained by it. Pat got all offended about the the podcast, about some of the things I said. And then he said he wanted to do his own rebuttal. And I said, well, the problem is you don't know how to record, edit, or publish a podcast, which could be a problem for other people to hear it. So, I mean, I may figure it out just for the rebuttal. Right. Like, literally, like, that's the most motivating thing that I have going for me. Right. No, uh, Sam, see, Sam. No, Sam. Producer Sam just chimed in. Sam, I appreciate that. I can't wait for us to do the rebuttal. Let's go ahead and get that on the calendar for the next week off. We're going to do the rebuttal podcast. You can help me do all that stuff. No, this is great. No, 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 no. That is that is not how this works. I, I was going to say I think people in the YouTube comments live right now, those watching live, should set the uh, what what would be the money line number that Pat would actually be able to figure that out on his own. Uh, what what would be the what would be the yes he can figure it out line? Uh, I'm not sure. It's it's. Well, is there a time frame on that, or can it be it, like yeah, infinite it, time? No, frame? it could be literally from now until eternity, and I I, I don't feel confident about it. But if you're going to get inside <laughs> help from Sam, that really pisses me off, Sam. And uh, so don't do that. But now look, somebody in here again. Pat's beer is disappearing quick. You know what's funny <laughs> is uh, I love when people talk about when I'm drinking. It's like they they're new to this stuff. Oh yeah, and they you don't had the guy. How- you had the guy last. It was two weeks ago with the the, was was like, it, the fantasy golf <laughs> sommelier video or something. I don't know. It was, on, it was I thought it was in the chat, and he was like, uh, "Pat appears to be drinking heavily." <laughs> you okay, like thanks for the new you screenshot <laughs> yeah. and said he's new here. 
<laughs> um, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was a good show. So go go listen to that. Let's have a good time with that. Um, and yeah, Godspeed to you, Pat, for figuring that out. Sam, come on, man. Come on. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about this golf course real quick, and then we're going to bring in our special guest for tonight. Pat, I'll let you take it away, man. Uh, we're here at Innisbrook, the Copperhead course. Yes, yes, Copperhead. Uh, it is playing 7,340 yards. It is a par 71. You got Bermuda grass, tee to green. Now, they are overseeded uh, with POA on these greens. I do think that, uh, and I'll be interested to see what, the, what our guest has to say, but I do think... As we've seen uh, with some of these other courses, the Bermuda is definitely taken over. Uh, I see it locally here in Savannah. Uh, it's, we're getting warmer weather. It's coming through uh, more than ever, and it's, it's getting out of that dormancy uh, phase. Um, but they do, you know, tip. They want it green. So you know, if you got it, if you, if you want it green, you got it overseeded a little bit. This typically plays as one of the more difficult courses on tour. If you look at the winning scores, which I'll talk about here in a second, uh, it definitely is a difficult course. You've got tight tree line fairway. A lot of elevation and dog legs here. By the way, interesting thing about this course for a par 71, four par fives and five par threes. That is very uncommon. You very don't weird. see that a whole lot on tour. I think that's interesting. We got the snake pit this week. The snake pit, okay? It's going to bite you. I hate 16, snakes. 17, and 18. Very difficult for, so, for, from what I hear. Uh, that's called the snake pit. So, uh, But I do think... Uh, We'll see how this course plays. And you know what? Our guest is going to tell us a lot more about how it plays. And that is, I'm going to say his name wrong. I know it. I know it. But I, if I get it right, I, I want to I like credit for this. But Mr. John Rathaus. Yeah, that's pretty good. Rath. Rath. Rathaus. Rath John, how you doing, buddy? I appreciate I'm you good. coming how are on. You guys? And, uh, I know you always have some great course insight for us. Uh, for before we get into the course, though, any 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 podcast juice you're sipping on? Oh yeah, I I've got a uh, some Maker's Mark going. Ooh, nice. Yes, Daddy. Uh, for those of that and then don't, a, uh, a a Kona a Kona longboard chaser. <laughs> oh, I like it too. Cool. Two for one. Oh. Love it. Oh, caddy, caddy house, bring yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm a caddy. I know how to drink a little bit. Dang, boo boo! <laughs> Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Caddy, uh, Caddy John Rathouse, right? Yep. Okay. You got it. No, you, Pat's inserting the lisp in there. Like the Rathouse. Um, it's it's the mayor's office in German. Oh. Yeah, I was just. Dang. Yeah. So we're here with the mayor. This is the <laughs> this is the mayor of uh of the PJ Tour Caddy Market right here. Been been a been a caddy for quite some time he's going to be a regular guest here on the tour junkies podcast breaking down some of these courses that he's quite familiar with so john take it away buddy yeah i mean innisbrook is probably like like pat mentioned like it's one of the hardest tracks on tour um and i was thinking about today as far as florida golf courses go it's the most non-florida golf course on the florida swing um, I mean, you could drop this course in a lot of different states and, and it would fit in pretty well. Crazy elevation changes. I think half the, half the holes are up or down five yards and every hole has a little bit of an elevation change. And then, you know, the uniqueness of the five par threes and then the par fives are all very interesting. The first hole, everyone can kind of get home in two. And then the other three kind of depend on how well you hit a tee shot and kind of what your length is. And then the par fours is just kind of a, mixed bag a lot of challenging second shots off the tee not always having to hit driver and then you end up kind of with a lot of holes where guys have to play to the same spot hitting a lot of 
150 yard shots into these greens, 175, you know, so that's kind of a, a bucket that I would look at if I was, you know, doing some analysis. It's a, it's a really difficult golf course. Sounds like uh, Innisbrook's having maybe it's kind of one of them binary courses. You know, that's a key word right now. It's kind of it doesn't know if it's a Florida course, if it's not a Florida course. Maybe today it is. Maybe tomorrow it's not. Uh, It could just be one of those binary courses. Um, But talk about the greens here because, you know, Pat mentioned the greens. I kind of think so. I guess we're used to seeing this course in in like early March. It's late April. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would imagine the the overseed Pat mentioned is, and like he said, it's probably gone a little bit now at this point. So it's probably pretty pure Florida Bermuda, would you say? I would think so. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm used to seeing it in March and that you guys mentioned Poe on the overseed. So, yeah, I mean, the greens usually have this kind of a, a longer strain of kind of the cool weather grass in it. And the rough typically has a lot of that in it as well. So when I saw it's a month later, it's going to be a lot of Bermuda more than we've ever seen here before. So, you know, those Bermuda specialists are going to be even more at home, I would think. And, you know, the greens are putt really well. Um, you can make some putts out there. Um, and they, they usually are a little bit firmer, uh, for, you know, Florida standards and they kind of play, I would say a little bit smaller, um, than they look. John, do you think, um, so let's, let's talk about more about the difference between March versus where we are now or, you know, earlier in the spring, do you think it's going to play a little bit firmer and faster than we might typically, you know, see, but because of just the, 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 you know, when it is and the time of year. Yeah, I would think it might. I mean, what you notice mostly in terms of, you know, the firmness is all kind of how they set it up, what the, the weather conditions are like. Um, and then, you know, you get some of the fast comes from when you get those grain changes. And when the Bermuda's fully in, uh, especially with some of the approach shots too, and you catch these down grain patches, you can get, you know, the ball can get away from you really easy. And all of a sudden you're through the green. So guys are definitely going to be paying attention to the grain change a lot more with, with more of the Bermuda in play. We have uh, we have a listener. He's uh, he's actually in the you know if somebody wrote a book about the tour junkies one day, which I can't even fathom that, um, but also can't fathom what we're about to announce here in just a second. So uh, if somebody wrote a book here about the tour junkies, they would have this this one listener. His name is Mike Riva, and the reason right. he would be in there is because Mike is the very first listener to ever have bought uh, the tour junkies a, 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 an adult beverage. Um, oh. he was a, he was a very early listener, very early. And we went to the players. I think it was 2016. Uh, I was at the players with my wife. Uh, he lives in Florida and he, he met me. He, he saw me on the 17th and recognized me from the podcast, which was nuts. Cause we didn't, nobody was listening except for Michael Riva and like our parents. Um, and he bought me a drink and I'll never forget it. Great guy. Great dude. Anyway, he texted me today and he said, dude, I've played, uh, Innisbrook like 50 times. Now, mm-hmm. Reeve is a terrible golfer, so I'm not going to take anything with what he's... You, we can to, you, Whenever I say this, you can be like, yeah, he's an idiot, and that's t- perfectly fine. Uh, but he said, I've never played a golf course with so many damn bunkers in my life. Mm-hmm. I found myself yep. in a bunker all the time. He's like, I would have to say, like, is maybe not something that you weigh, because obviously you don't... <laughs> I don't know about putting sand specialists or sand saves in, mm-hmm. your, in your model, but maybe a tiebreaker, something you just pay attention to. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, they, they come into play a lot off the tee, not as much, but there's there's a par five out there, number five, where it's going to play into the wind this week if the forecast holds up. And there's a bunker out there about 285. And there's guys, it's a long par five, there's guys that hit three wood off that tee just to stay out of that bunker. 
and they end up making it a three shot hole. And then a lot around the greens, it's, you know, with these uphill carries into the greens and you have bunkers guarding some of these pin locations, you're going to find them here and there. And if you know hit a wayward shot or miss club or, you know, catch a gust or, you know, what have you, you're going to be in some of these bunkers. You're going to have to get it up and down. One of the things I was thinking about today, and I don't know how much to weigh it, but when you talk about uphill force carries bunkers, now all of a sudden you're talking about trajectory, you know, guys that kind of are solid ball strikers that bring it in a little higher. Are they going to have an advantage? You know, you start thinking, I mean, and I know people at home maybe don't have that, advantage to kind of say oh i know how this guy really flights his ball and that would be a, a sweet metric to kind of get going uh you know moving forward with all the stats going on but that's kind of how i see the bunkers coming into play back in the day man when we first started and there was no like fantasy national we were just going off the pj tour site i was pretty notorious around the, the dfs streets for every now and then pulling out a little uh, apex height which was I've a, heard you uh, mention apex height a, before. a pga yeah. tour stat that's probably i like it um, probably a little errant. There's probably some things that could be wrong with that stat. But anyway, uh, that's interesting. Um, okay. Well, I guess the – well, another thing I'll ask you is just the wind. I mean, we're looking at the wind. Mm-hmm. It does look like it's going to be kind of windy um, these first few days. What, what's a – like when I look at the wind, I'll, I'm always looking at like sustained winds and then gusts, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a caddy and you're thinking about it, how are you approaching it? And where is it that you're like, what's the number on sustained or gust winds that you're, you know, that you're thinking, oh, that, that's going to impact how we do things here? Yeah. I mean, you know, f- mostly looking at direction, um, which around this golf course, you know, which is different than a lot of Oceanside courses. This course is like, I don't know, two miles from the, you know, the Gulf of Mexico on the other side. And, you know, Oceanside courses, the wind blows a certain direction, like that's where it's blowing all day. But this one's a little more unique because you get the elevation changes in the trees. And so you get some of these, you know, bouncing off the tree type effects like you would see, you know, at the national in your guys' backyard. And and so that's a factor as a caddy. Like you can't just be kind of head in the compass the whole time. You kind of have to pick your spots a little bit more. Um, but in terms of like the strength, you know, if you see uh, 10, 15 in Florida, you might as well add five to it. And so you know that it's just going to be a tougher day and you need to pick your spots. You know, a lot of times I'm looking at wind direction and then pin location and knowing that, hey, this is this this is a hole where, you know, being more conservative is going to pay off a par is a better score here today with the way the wind's blowing and where that pin is. And so that's kind of, you know, how most caddies, I think, look at the wind direction uh, and the and the strength. John, before we, uh, I know we, we, we might want to get some picks, but uh, give me uh, three, three of your favorite stats to look oh, at this week. This week, three of my favorite stats. Um, I would, I mean, you know, always big on that strokes gained approach stat, more or less. And if you want to, like, look at that other little bucket that I mentioned earlier, that kind of 150 yard and you go to 125 to 175. Um, I think that that's going to be an important stat this week. Um, I would look at course history too. I know not everybody's going to have it, but I do think that there's a lot of course history cats at this place. I'm a big course history guy, but um, I do think this is one that this is one that, you know, where, where it comes into play a little bit more. Um, And then, you know, thirdly, I really want to weigh scrambling here. Um, but then you see some of the guys that have been successful here and their strokes gained around the green isn't, you know, anything, you know, impressive. 
but you are going to have to scramble around here to, to save some pars and make birdies, you know? So those are three that, that stand out to me. So you did, you didn't mention one that I wanted to hear, but I don't know if it's <laughs> going to be, I don't know. I, and that's why, I mean, maybe you didn't mention it for a reason, but they do talk about this, you know, being pretty tight off the tee, you know, you mm-hmm. got three line fairways, all that kind of stuff. Do you not think driving accuracy really means that much or is it, is it, you know, just not something you're really top of mind this week for you? No, I, I driving accuracy does matter. It's a little bit weird this week because you've got at least three holes, maybe a few more where guys are hitting irons and five woods off the tee. Cause you're all playing the same spot. So that's not going to weigh. I mean, everybody's going to be, you know, you might as well be good with those. Now on some of the par fives, if you're hitting your driver good, you're going to be in a great spot. You know, um, some of the par fours playing from the fairway at a Bermuda golf course is so much easier than playing from the rough, you know, especially talking about being a month later, catching flyer lies in the rough. So, you know, that's a good point. You know, I, I think driving accuracy is an important thing this week. Um, total driving maybe would be something to, to take a look at. Love it. Um, nice. All right, John, hit us with your, give us, give us a dark horse first and then give oh, us your, man. your overall, like, Gun to your head, who's winning this thing? Okay. Well, can I can I get two can I get two dark horses? Yes, we'll let you, John. All right. All right. So my my since you're the man. eighty to one, Denny McCarthy's going oh, off. Damn you, damn you, John! I was good. You I, killed some. You killed. I have a feeling you just you just like like DB and I, I, th- I think DB band. had him too, but he was on he was on the list. He was on. The I got list. another one that I think is on your list. My my dark horse that's got horse in his name too, and you guys are going to talk about him. I know it. Is Sam Horsefield Sam going Horsefield? off at one fifty to one? I don't know that I was going to talk about Sam Horsefield. Uh, Horsefield to- wasn't, but but McCarthy, I was all over. See yeah, right there with us. Okay, well this is Horsefield. I might have to take a look at Horsefield. He's a Florida guy, and he's been playing over the European Tour, two-time winner last year, and playing good right now. So I, I, I think he's worth. I mean, at one fifty to one, you put ten bucks on him, dude. Um, I love both of those. This is this is worth the whole so, show. We could turn it off after. Yeah, that. and the McCarthy one, like he's not the greatest player. He's a, known as a great putter, um, but been playing good in Florida and has a high ball flight, and you know has has some reps at this golf course. I don't know what he's. I think he played one other time. I'm not sure what he finished, but I like I like him this week to to make some noise. You know, there's been some first time winners here, um, and then the other one that I was like, all right, gun to my head, like oh, I'm I'm the only one that knows about this, but I was on Twitter a little bit today, and it's like I'm more chalked than chalk and chalk is Corey Connors. Yep. You know, Corey Connors has been playing awesome, and he had a chance to win here the only other time he played. So you know he's coming back. It's on his mind. Is it going to be too much for him to handle? Is it going to be a classic, like, overthinking, you know, not going to play well this week? He's got a new caddy on the bag since after the Masters last year. They've been gelling pretty well. Yeah. So, I don't know. I that Those odds are horrible. But you talk about, like, a fantasy team, you know, I, I think I would like to have Corey on, on my lineup. Love it, dude. All right, yeah. tell us, uh, pump, yeah. pump, whatever. I think we put your Twitter handle up there. Uh, you need, you guys need to be following John at Rat House on Twitter. Yep. Anything else you got going on? Yeah. Or you're doing some stuff with the Caddy Network. Yeah, the Caddy Network. Give the Caddy Network a follow too. I mean, there's a lot of cool content on there. Um, I'm putting a few things out a week. 
you know, revolving around the, the gambling side and these course previews. And then, you know, get in the nut hut. You know, I'm, I'm making a presence there on a weekly basis, too. That's a great spot. I know uh, you got a lot of listeners are in there. But if your people are, you know, thinking about joining, it's a cool spot. And I've been putting like at least a weekly post up there, kind of breaking down the course yeah, a little man. bit more detail that you can take those things, put them in your tool belt and make some money. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big Big deal there. John's in the Nut Hut every week under the uh, the Caddy Info channel there on the Nut Hut, dropping a little extra dime of information. I mean, you know, he doesn't come on here every week, but you know, even when he's not on here, if you're a Nut Hut member, you still get John. So it's a good you get yeah. your your weekly your weekly dose of uh, of the mayor. That's what I'm going to call you from now. <laughs> there you go. All right, dude, uh, Caddy, Caddy John Rathouse, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for putting up with us, and uh, we'll, Thanks, we'll see John. you later. Enjoy it, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Um, all right, we got a huge announcement coming up. This is going to be ridiculous. You guys are going to be like, what in oh. the God's name is going on? But before we do, we need to bring your attention because some of y'all need to get, uh, some of y'all need to get your shafts up, updated. You got an old shaft. You got a, uh, your, the flex is real sad and, and real bendy. Um, and maybe, you know, you just need to get a better shaft in you. Maybe you've been told that before. Upgrade that shaft, daddy. When betting on players to win on the PGA Tour, a safe bet is that they have that Fujikira shaft in the bag, boo-boo. It's the most played shaft on the PGA Tour. Drivers, three woods, four woods, five woods, seven woods, doesn't matter. The Ventus is the number one shaft model on the PGA Tour. The Ventus has been used to win on all three U.S. Tours, PGA, LPGA, and the Champions Tour, and even on the European Tour. Notable players using the Ventus right now. Dustin Johnson, ever heard of him? Rory McIlroy, I've never heard of that guy. Jordan Spieth, apparently he's kind of a thing. Adam Scott, handsome guy. Sergio Garcia, he's all right. Uh, so Ventus, check it out. It's available in three models with a wide range of weights and flexes for any golfer, uh, tour pro, weekend warrior, whatever. Helps golfers find the center of the club face more often for better consistency and distance. The Ventus with the Velo Core is the performance standard for club fitters. Here's what you need to do. You need to go find a local fitter or go to fujikiragolf.com. Check them out on Instagram as well, at fujikiragolf. Because, listen, if you play in real golf, don't just have some generic shaft in your club. Get a real shaft and get a shaft that the pros are using and get a shaft that's going to benefit you. So go, get a, go to your local fitter and say, I want to try out some Fujikira shafts and head over to fujikiragolf.com to learn a little more. All right. Are we ready for this? Oh, here we go. Before we get into the DraftKings picks, fam, we've been working on a little something, okay? And it's kind of ridiculous. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's kind of ridiculous. Some people may say, this is kind of sad. Some people may make fun of us. Some people may, um, may think it's great, okay? Some people are going to go, these guys are dummies. They're idiots. They're, they, they would, uh, you know, they'd buy fried ice cream. You know, people would say that. They would never say that about us. Some people never say that. Some people would say that. Uh, But really, we, let me tell you, we did this for, it was fun. It was fun to do. And and it was so much fun that we're going to keep doing it. This is not a, this is not a one and done. Okay. This is not a a blow, blow your wad situation and be done. This is, we're, we're going and we're going to go the distance with this thing. We had a good time. The tour junkies are about to release their very first NFT. Non-fungible <laughs> token, daddy. We got them non-fungible tokens coming to the internet and you Oh, the tokens. Yeah, is it a fungible token? Uh nay, it's a non-fungible token, daddy. That's what that means. 
So it's a token that you can't fund with. And we are having a good time. We had a good time making it, and it's on the way. We are going to launch this bad boy on May 6th, okay? May 6th, the auction is going to start for the one of one. One of one. Special edition. One of one. First release. That means there's only one in the world, DB. Only will be one in the world. It's going to be recorded on the blockchain, right? So you're going to have your, that's your certificate of authenticity. It's going to be on the blockchain. You can buy this thing and be the sole owner of the one of one special edition par infinity is the name of the par first piece. Infinity. Maybe, uh, maybe producer Sam could bring up just a screenshot from par infinity. Uh, par infinity. Well, there it is. Look at that. Just me oh, and Pat. Oh, look at me. Look at just waving it. Taking Golby on a ride that he's never been on before. Boo boo. We're going to be on that par infinity train, and it's going to be a fantastic piece for your collection, your NFT collection. If you don't have one, start one. Start it with this. It's, it's going to be a, it's going it, to, now ours is not a, is not a just graphic. Okay. It's a video. It's a, it's a beautiful video. And uh, in fact, whoever buys this thing is also going to receive a hard copy of this in a lovely frame that will autoplay and loop the video that you can display maybe in your man room. Maybe you can take it in your car because you could charge it up. Look, there it is sitting on your bookshelf. You could have that right there on your bookshelf in your office. Uh, you could weird out your wife, maybe a relative or a coworker. Um, <laughs> you could put that on there. But it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful video uh, and a one-of-a-kind piece. And uh, it's going to be beautiful. So it's going up for auction May 6th. It's going to be up for auction for 48 hours. 48 hours going to the highest bidder. We don't care. We don't care how much it goes for. Don't care. It was fun. And it's going to be on OpenSea.io. So if you're not familiar, OpenSea is a place where you can go and buy and sell and trade uh, NFTs. So OpenSea.io is where it's going to be on sale. You can get a lot more information if you just go to tourjunkies.com slash NFT. That's what you need to go. It's live right now on the website, tourjunkies.com slash NFT. We'll give you a lot more information if you have frequently asked questions about what the, what the hell is this? What, what is this? What am I buying? What does this do? We've got a frequently asked questions in there. It's all part of this Bohm collection. We're building a collection of NFTs, the Bohm collection, right? And it's going to chronicle, you know, incredible moments, incredible uh, uh, things, you know, parts of, of the, the TJ culture. Uh, Marcus Griffin just said paging Bryce Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could afford, he, he could easily afford, I mean, all you guys could afford this because they're not going to go for much, but it'll be a great time. Uh, but, but the Bohm collection is what we're going to do. This is not a flash in the pan, okay? We're going to do uh, no more than 18 Bohms and 72 total uh, NFTs for the year um, because it's, it's just going to be fun. And you can always see it on tourjunkies.com slash NFT. Now, if you're wondering, how do I buy this? You can't buy it with cash or a debit card. You got to have crypto. Specifically, you got to have some Ethereum. So if you're not in that crypto game, get in it. You're missing out. Pat, all of a sudden, didn't know, what, didn't know how to spell crypto 10 days ago, and now he is absolutely hooked on crypto. He's, a, he's a, uh, like a cocaine addict. He's got crypto on his lip right here, on his, right under I'm his nose. I'm telling you, I, it's crazy to me. You can buy crypto anytime you want. I mean, three in the morning, you're hammered. And you see that crypto's down? <laughs> Not that that's ever happened. You can buy some crypto right then. It doesn't matter. There's no, there's no order to it all. I mean, you can just buy some crypto. But obviously, you got to have Ethereum for this one. 
Yeah. And uh it's uh yeah. which is real money it's real money, I think. Yeah, I think so it's real money. So get get that Ethereum. What we recommend is you can go to Coinbase, which is the the big one. You can go to Coinbase, you can go to a lot of different places, get your Ethereum. You got to have a wallet. We recommend MetaMask, which there's a link to all this on tourjunkies.com slash NFT. So you can check out, check out that page. Go to the Frequently Asked Questions. MetaMask is a wallet that OpenSea really likes a lot. So you could do that. Um, it's going to be fun. Now, if you're thinking, okay, that's, that's, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want that. We have another one already in the works that I think some of you folks in the general nonsense channel in Discord may be a little more interested in. Um, apparently, you know, there's a small contingent of people who like to say that they're part of Pat's army and Pat's some special, Mm -hmm. some special leader of something. So we, we have also created another NFT that's also a video. And, uh, Sam, if you could bring up the screenshot of that one, uh, Mm. general, general Pat and Pat's army is coming to an NFT. Oh God, what a beautiful uh, sight. An NFT collection uh, near you. So. We are going to issue 10 editions of the Pat's Army NFT. So only one of the very first Par Infinity uh, NFT, but we're going to do 10 for those of you who are just Pat's Army diehards. You, could, uh, you, can, you can get that. More details to come on that one later. That one's not dropping on May 6th. It's going to be after. So May 6th is the first one, Par Infinity, the one of one. You could be the, the sole owner. It could be yours forever. Or you could buy it and then one day be like, I don't know what I was doing. I was hammered. I was high. And then sell it and, you know, maybe make money on it. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, That's an important point. You can sell it and make yeah, money you on it. It's not like, it's, not like you, it's like art. Yeah. You know? a, yeah. You, so yeah. Just, just think like of art. it that way. Just like art. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun for us. We're going we're gonna to do some cool moments, past TJ moments, future TJ moments that, that we think would be fun and funny to, to kind of document in the NFT space. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Bryson came out as the first golfer to, to, to put out an NFT, and you know how much I love him, so I figured, you know, why not, why not we mess around with it? So we're obviously, we're looking to partner with artists. If you know any artists out there, you want to get down with it. Uh, brands, caddies, golfers, we'll, we'll mix it up. Let's do something. Let's get wild. Let's get weird with it, I think. That's... Uh, I think that's the fun part is that we just, uh, we get weird. Also, on Thursday, this Thursday, we're, we, we're going to drop an interview with Joe Pompliano, which is on YouTube. It's going to be on YouTube and the podcast. Joe's a pretty interesting guy, does a lot on the, on the business of sports and money. Um, incredible Twitter follow. Great interview. Me and Ben Little. Actually, Ben Little makes an appearance on the YouTube channel. Can you believe it? Ben Little... Um, and I interviewed him a while back. We talked about some really interesting things, including the Masters and how the Masters makes money, uh, so the sports betting landscape and the future of that. Very interesting stuff. Uh, he's kind of tied tightly to the crypto world as well. His brother is Pomp, big, uh, big time uh, crypto guy. So anyway, we're going to drop all that this week. It's crypto week with the Tour Junkie, or crypto two weeks with the Tour Junkies. So it'll be a good time. Check it out. Tourjunkies.com slash NFT is where you need to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for whoever gets that lovely piece of, of art, as you said. Uh, yeah, I am too. Yeah, I do think Pat, Ooh. you should explain crypto in a in a YouTube video or something. You should. You should Maybe yeah, we'll do that out. another day. We don't need that today. Okay. All right. Let's get into the action for the Valspar. Let's take a look at some DraftKings, uh, some DraftKings names here. We got a great course breakdown from Caddy Caddy House, uh, the mayor. 
Uh, it's going to be popping in the Nut Hut, I'm sure. Check out tourjunkies.com and join the Nut Hut if you've not done that already for $10 a month. But um, yeah, let's get to it, dude. Let's get to it. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk 10K range, the 9K range, or sorry, 9K and above range. Uh, pretty decent field here for the Valspar, I think. Uh, very interesting field. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta tell you, I looking at this field, going down the pricing, thinking about how difficult the course is. You got a 156-man field, very, very full, as big as it gets, right? You're going to have probably a low number, six of six. I'm not super tempted to pay up for, for guys. I didn't find myself really liking the low sevens. I don't feel great about really anybody in the 6K except for maybe one guy. So I really find myself, I'm going to go pretty balanced this week. And that's probably what everyone else is thinking. So it may be chalky. I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. But I, I think I'm fading everyone in this range up until Corey Connors. And I will have chalk all over me. I'll bathe in the chalk with Corey Connors. But, you know, it's not that we say you can't ever play chalk. We just say you can't play all the chalk. And there's smart chalk and there's not smart chalk. And I think not smart chalk is like a chalky guy that's like 7,100 or 6,800 or something like that. If they're super cheap and they're super chalk, there's, I don't know, that, that could be a red flag. But Corey Connors is just hitting the ball so damn well. And, you know, the record here speaks for itself, um, nearly winning. Everything is just clicking and I get, I get him at 9,600. I, I mean, I love the play with Connors, so I'm going to play him. Uh, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Louie. I'm believing in Louie. Gosh dang it! If he almost didn't get his first, his first or a second PJ Tour win, I guess you count the Open Championship as a PJ Tour victory. But uh, could have could have taken it down until he just pushed one in the water on the on the first hole of the playoff at the Zurich. Uh, but played well, and um, he he loves this place. I mean, Louie clearly enjoys the Valspar. Uh, plays well in difficult on, on difficult courses. And at this place, I mean, he's gone runner-up in 2019, 16th in 2018, 7th in 2016. Clearly likes this place a lot. Um, so Louie is, is probably my man here. I wish the irons were a little better, but something about him here I, I, I really like. And I don't know that he's going to be super popular. I think, obviously, Connors is. So he could be kind of a pivot play. And I don't know that anybody's going to want to pay 9500 for Louie. So I might get a little leverage there with him. Um, and then from there, I am going to go with Russell Henley at 9K. Staying in that kind of balanced range there. Love the approach play. Love that the irons are clicking for Russell here. The strokes game putting numbers on Bermuda in the last 50 rounds. He's 21st in this field. We know he's a Bermuda putter, although he, he lost it there for a little while. He's, he looks like he's really found his Bermuda putting form once again. Finished ninth at the RBC Heritage despite losing three shots there, but Gained eight at the Honda when he finished third in uh, about a month ago. Uh, he's been putting much, much, much better. And the record here at Valspar, um, pretty, pretty okay. 42nd place finish in 2019 and ninth in 2017. Miscut back in 2016. So um, I think this is a place that could definitely suit Russell Henley. The iron play is there. And uh, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's a good spot for him. So I'm going to go Russell Henley. My fade is going to be Terrell Hatton. His last top 10 was in November. Historically and recently, very bad around the greens, which is something that we just talked about with John. Uh, I think it's going to be important. It's a tough golf course. Anytime you have a tough golf course, that means you're scrambling somehow. Like It just means 
courses where the greens and regulation numbers are through the roof means that it's not that tough, right? So you're going to miss greens. Even if your irons are popping, you're going to miss them. You got to be able to save par and get up and down for birdie uh, as well on par fives, things like that. He's bad at that now, and he's been bad at that. Last 24 rounds, he's 69th in fairways gained. In the last 50 rounds, he is 62nd in strokes gained putting on Bermuda. Terrell Hatton, clearly not a big Bermuda fan. So that is the 9K and above range for your boy. All right. Well, uh, we've got a little agreement in Corey Connors here, but I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, I, I think he is probably going to be the chalkiest player this week and for good reason, but I do like him. And I, I'm, I never want to play him for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with his game or Who? whatever else. Who'd you say? Corey Connors. Uh, you never want to play got, Corey I, Connors? Like, I can't stop playing Corey Connors. I don't know why. I just never want to play him. I always feel like he's going to be way too chalky for his price. He's going to be. Else. But maybe it's one of those things where everybody's like, ah, oh, he's going to be so chalky on Wednesday, and then everybody pivots, and he's like 18%. With like 18%, I don't think it would be that terrible. I mean, it's still pretty chalky, but. Yeah, I don't think there's. He's going to be projected at like 25 and then maybe everybody talks themselves off of it. Yeah. But again, I, I do like him a lot. Um, and I like Henley, too. He, he, was, he did not quite make the list. He was like the, the, the fourth GPP play, but I did not include him here. I like Abraham Answer at 9,300. You look at his ball striking right now. I mean, it's very yeah. good. He's good. second in the field there. He's fourth in strokes gained approach. He's fifth in driving accuracy. Uh, now, you know, the putting on Bermuda probably will concern you a little bit, but I still like answer. And he's shown some pretty good form lately. Uh, and then you look at, um, you know, the one time he has played here, he did finish T16 back in 2018. By the way, if you're looking at course history, if that's something that you like, you know, they did not play, obviously, last year. They canceled the event last year. So we're looking at 2019 uh, is the last time that they played here. So, you know, don't get, I'm, I'm sure you won't, I know our listeners are extremely smart, but don't get confused by that. It was not last year. It was two years ago uh, when they last played at this tournament. I do, by the way, like Dustin Johnson at 11-2. Has he, he hasn't withdrawn, has he? Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dustin Johnson likes to withdraw. Not, no, you know, and no, I was, you know, it's Monday, and I, I have all kinds of things going on on Monday, but I don't think he's withdrawn yet. Uh, but some of these events he'll withdraw on Monday. But, um yeah, he I does. I don't mind the DJ play. I, I just, I, in fact, I think if I were going to get one up there, I think it would be DJ. But I, I, I just he's the I, one I, I like. To build here. lineups. I don't. I don't. Doesn't. I don't love it. I really like him over 10k. I think that the ownership could be interesting. Maybe a little bit lower. He did finish T6 here back a couple years ago in 2019. I like what he did at the Heritage. I mean, I think you know everybody talked about he could have mailed it in at the Heritage and whatever else, but he did get a top 15 finish. Um, so I mean, you know. Based off of recent results, he's got a good game for this course. I don't think, you know, his driving accuracy numbers aren't that great. But like John said, yeah. you don't really have to, you don't have to hit driver a whole lot off these, you know, off the, on this course. So I don't think that matters as much. So I do like DJ at 11-2. Your, your driving um, accuracy stat on it, I mean, just this is very basic. So if you're just getting into this, like, this is for you. But like the driving accuracy stat on a guy like DJ is going to be highly misleading because... He, he he's likely playing a lot of courses that suit his his driver weapon, and he's hitting he's trying to hit driver whenever he can because he that's how he gains a ton of strokes off the tee is by hitting driver. Um, 
so you're you're obviously more prone to miss a fairway hitting a driver. So if he's going to club down, I mean, you know, bombers can do just fine on courses like this. It just means that they they lose like a, they lose a little bit of their biggest weapon, right? Like we talk about guys like Gary Woodland who are long but are also like really known for playing golf courses like this where you're hitting iron off the tee or you're taking a little less off the tee. You know, Abe Answer still may be hitting driver because he's short, right? He, he's going to still be hitting driver, and DJ's going to hit a three iron to the same location, you know, or two iron to the same location. Um, it, just, it just minimizes the, the, uh, yeah, the, the biggest strength for a guy like DJ, that's all. Yeah. Um, for me, my fate is going to be Scotty Scheffler at 9,800. Now, look, Scotty is a, you know, he's a, he's a g- good ball striker, checks the box and approach, worried a little bit about it. He's 100th in the field and putting on Bermuda. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't like that price. There's just something about 9,800 for Scheffler. Like, I, I don't. Well, it's because you and I like, don't have a history of getting him right. Well, that too. Can somebody? I mean, Connor should be above Scheffler for one. Connor should definitely be above Scheffler. Connor's, yeah. Um, can somebody in the chat that's ever gotten Scotty Scheffler right tell us if we should play Scotty Scheffler or not? Just yeah, tell us that. Someone, I would like to know. But it would for be the, interesting. For now, I'm just saying I'm fading him. So I just can't get his ass right, dude. Let me tell you, the 8K range is um is pretty stacked. I mean. That's the thing. Like you look at the, I, there's going to be a bunch of chalk in the 8K range too. But um, it's just juicy, man. This is a really, a really nice range. I don't know what to do here. I guess, I guess I've got. All right. Well, I guess I'll give you my favorite two because we we're only trying to name two guys here that we like in the 8K. My favorite two guys with, you know, taking, um, not taking ownership into consideration are are going to be uh Max Homa at 8100 and god this is so hard. And I think I'm going to roll with Chris Kirk again. I mean, I feel like I say his name every week, but he keeps delivering. So, my I think my favorite two are Homa and Kirk. I I also like Kokrak, Hoffman, Grillo, Palmer and Tringali. <laughs> like I mean, there are so many good names here. I guess it's going to cut, and you can't play them all. I mean, I guess you could. I guess you could put them all in a lineup, um, or most of them in a lineup. But what, I mean, what do we do here? I, I don't like, I don't like uh, Bubba. He's my fade here at 8,900. He's 46th. So, so I did, I did this here too at, at Valspar. I looked at the last five years, strokes gained, ball striking at Innisbrook, at Copperhead, the last five years. Bubba is 46th here in ball striking over six rounds. You know, not, he doesn't have a great ball striking record here at, at Copperhead. He's 73rd in the last 24 rounds in fairways, which, I, you know, he's a long hitter. He's not going to. He's 99th in strokes game putting on Bermuda over the last 50 rounds, and his last top 10 was October. Like, I'd, I'd rather him be better, uh, you know, uh, better putting on Bermuda, and I'd much rather see a little bit better form than one top 10 since October if I'm going to pay 8900 for him, especially considering the names that I have below him. So even if he comes in at like 8% projected ownership, I still think I'm out on Bubba. He's not one that I would say, oh, okay, it may twist my arm, I might do it. Uh, Rose obviously loves this place, but he seems still a little unpredictable to me. I know he played well with Henrik at the Zurich, um, but I don't know. Like, it just... 
I feel like it's dangerous. And again, it feels like a lot of safety in this 8K range. If these 8K range guys bomb, if if most if a lot of them bomb, there's going to be some major carnage because I think a lot of guys are going to be played here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can make an argument for a lot of them. I mean, if if we're pinning them down, though, I'm with you. I like Jason Kokrak at 8,700. I mean, you look at his history here; it's fantastic. He's got three top tens in his last five years playing here. Um, you know, the guy's been in uh, you know pretty pretty decent recent form. He was 49th at the Masters, but T10 before that at the Players. Um, you know, certainly you look at the stats for Jason Kokrak, they look good as well. I mean, 18th in the field in ball striking. Um, he's 15th in greens and regulation, 25th in strokes gain approach. So I like Kokrak there at 8,700. I was kind of surprised you mentioned Grillo at 80, you know, he's there at 8,300. I like him as well. Another guy in good form. Um, yeah. kind of snuck up there and, uh, you know, had that T2 at the Heritage and then a T6 at Corrales. Um, you know, another guy that should check a lot of boxes for you when you're looking at the stats. I mean, he's fifth in the field in ball striking, 38th in approach. This is a question Four. I want to ask Caddy, Caddy House. I should, I should have thought about this. I like Grillo, a guy like Grillo who can't putt to save his damn life. On a ball striker's course like this, which most of them are, but like this is really a ball striker's course, right? Where the greens are a little smaller. Because I feel like when you're not on those big greens, there's a little little less room to three jacket like he tends to do. Um, so I tend to like a player like Grillo when you have that situation. I, I'm really throwing the putting out. And I, I did the same thing at the Heritage because the Heritage has small greens, but it's all about hitting your spots in the fairways hit, and hitting the green, which he does really, really, really well and consistently. Well, so. his putting was has, has not been... As horrific as you might think. I mean, he was he gained strokes putting at the Heritage, yeah, and that's special. Um, that's real special. I'm just saying. It's now we don't have we don't have the 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 strokes gained stats for Corrales, um, or uh, where else did he play? Puerto Rico, yeah, where he had a good finish there. You know, so those last few good finishes were Puerto Rico, Corrales. They don't have the strokes gained stats, but he did finish. Uh, you know, with with it. Gaining strokes at the Heritage, so it's at least halfway decent. Yeah, um, what do you? Th- I kind of like looking at it now. I'm wondering if Kirk, because of the and it's crazy because how good he's playing, but because of the other names here, the Kokrak chalk, the Hoffman chalk, um, and all these other names that are going to kind of eat up some ownership. I wonder if people get thrown off with the the history that Kirk has at the Valspar, which is not great. Um, but, I mean, he's got two missed cuts, a 49th and a 42nd. So not good history, but it, the play suits him very, very well. And the ball striking here wasn't terrible. It was more, he just, he didn't make any putts and nothing was really great. But he's obviously a much different player right now. I mean, he's playing as good as he's played in his PJ Tour career, just about. Um, even though you know, I know he's a multi multi time winner, but he's playing so good and consistent right now. Maybe Kirk is the man, or maybe Homa's the man coming off of a couple missed cuts. That's why I kind of like those two guys uh, in terms of a GPP play. Homa plays really. I agree, but what if you get a chalky Kirk? Like a chalky Kirk to me is one that I'm going to fade. <sighs> I've been playing Chalky Kirk, and it's paid off. Like, he's, what, finished sixth and seventh his last two events? Like, he's been Chalky. He has been. He was Chalky at the Heritage. 
I want to say he was chalky before that, whatever week before that. He's been chalk. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know. I think I would still play him. Like, I feel like he's a solid made cut. And when you've got such a low six of six percentage. I mean, maybe because you could even say that the pivot here off of all of these guys, you know, Grillo, Kirk, Homa, is Tringali at 8,400, who's missed three straight cuts here, but has been playing absolutely fantastic all year long. Like, Look, he could be the guy that could be the, the one you pivot to. Every player between Kokrak and Homa, I like. Every single one of them. And we're even, we haven't talked about him, but even Ryan Palmer, I like here. Like, good win player, solid ball striker, like, what in good form. Literally all these guys. This is a really tough range to figure out. Um, but maybe you just play the ownership game, you know, and, and you go from there. But if you fancy yourself a cash lineup, I would definitely be, be rocking plenty of guys in the 8K range. But again, if they if if most of them miss the cut, it's going to be Carnage City. All right, seven K range. Let's get to that. Um, I'll let you start this one. I've kind of started both of them. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with a guy that I know you don't like, and we all can't stand because his putting is ridiculous, but his ball striking is absolutely incredible. And that is Lucas Glover at 7,700. I like him this week. You look at look. It's like this a Grillo. A guy that it's like the Grillo theory. Should, I mean, except he's putting well play, right now. Yeah, I mean he's he's you know got three top twenty fives here in his last uh, four times playing here at this event. He's been in good recent form. I mean, you look at you look at you know his last few events. T thirty three at the Heritage. He was um, uh, fourth at T- Valero before that. Top twenty at the Honda. Very difficult course, also, and then a T forty eight at the Players. So, I mean. Lucas Glover is just a guy that should show up week in and week out if he was playing like a course like this every time. I mean, he should show up. The putting is always going to be an issue for him, but I do like him this week at 7,700. Also liking Charles Howell III. I mean, another guy that played awful to start the year off just was, was terrible. But you look at his last four events. He did miss a cut at Valero, but had a top 20 at the Heritage. T28 at Corrales, top 10 at the players. Like, where did that come from? I don't even remember that he was top 10 at the players. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. His ball striking has been better. His approach game has been better. Uh, So I think Charles Howell, he has a good history here as well. Um, So I like him a lot there at, uh, and we know he's just, you know, a cut maker. He's a money making machine. Um, So I think that uh, Charles Howell makes a ton of sense here at 7,700. And then the guy, that our caddy friend, Mr. Rathouse, mentioned that just kind of stole my thunder. He stole mine, too. We both had McCarthy all over the place. Denny McCarthy. I was so excited to talk about Denny McCarthy. It's a guy that we don't normally talk about. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes we're looking for guys that we, we you know, because we tend to mention some of the same guys. That's because they show up from a stat standpoint here. But, look, Denny McCarthy – I mean, you look at his scrambling, with which Radhouse mentioned. He's top 25 in the field. He's 20th in driving accuracy. He's number one in the field in putting on Bermuda, if you look over his last 100 rounds. So he's obviously got that going for him. In his top 10 here, the first time he ever played here, which was uh, in 2019. Uh, and then you look at his last few events. He's been on fire. I mean, T55 at the players, okay. T3 at, the, at Honda. Uh, T-34 at Valero, and then at the Heritage, he was top 15 with a T-13 finish. So 
I think Denny McCarthy makes a whole lot of sense here at 7,500. I'll be interested to see where his uh, ownership goes, but um, maybe because if we all liked him, like, I feel like there's going to be a little bit higher ownership there and more people are on, on him. But And then for me, my fate is going to be Kiz. I just oh, Kiz man. does not have it right now. Who, if who, he and Scott Brown who broke can't kiss? make the cut in a team event, it's bad. And he's missed like three cuts in a row before that. Yeah, the game is not there for Kiz right yeah. now. And and yeah. I just I think you avoid him at all costs until he shows you something. But Kiz for me is uh, I'm out totally out on Kiz. Yeah, it sucks, man. And he's played well here before. He likes his place. I don't know what's going on. That was pretty shocking too to see him. Missed the cut at, at Harbor Town, and and him and Scott not do something at, at the Zurich was very telling to me. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, before I get into my picks, I need to tell our people out there that maybe need some high quality video production. Maybe you got a business, a project you're a part of, or something. Our friends at Tranter Gray have filmed a bunch of content for us, and lately we've used them on something you know like the uh, the pretty sweet NFT we got. Shout out to the team at Tranter Gray and Justin Blair out there, the artists for the NFT. These guys, they know what they're doing and they do it all over the world. They'll come to you. They travel all over the place shooting videos for a ton of different companies. They work with medical practices, nonprofits, other Fortune 500 companies making promotional videos to help represent your brand. We've seen their work recently uh, for No Bull, which is a fitness apparel company. Uh, they did a promotional video for Bill Murray at the World Golf Hall of Fame for his Caddyshack event. So if your company needs any type of video production, we guarantee these guys will deliver an exceptional product for you. Check out trantergray.com. That's T-R-A-N-T-E-R-G-R-E-Y.com and see how they can help you. They're good folks over there. They'll handle your business and they'll come straight to you. It's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, 7K range, I guess I can make pretty quick and dirty while Pat's over there just texting. Not just I don't know what's so important. Um, I, I I had I had Denny McCarthy. We talked about that. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take that. Although I will say a chalky Denny McCarthy is probably a fade. If if he ends up chalky, yeah, if he's like if he's like fifteen percent, then I'm bouncing and I'm gonna do uh I'm gonna do the top twenty bet on Denny. I'm probably gonna do I'll probably take him in some head to heads, whoever he's got, and then I'll probably throw a little a little partial unit on him in the betting market and just be done with it. That's how you do that. I also, um, uh, well, I guess I'll go since you had, I, I like the CH three pick. I do like the CH three pick. I guess I'm going to do, I'm going to stay on brand for me and that's continue to play Keegan Bradley at 7,900. Uh, he's 12 measured rounds here in the last five years at the Valspar and he's 15th in ball striking at this uh at this at this place in that five year that five year span now you know two missed cuts a 31st a 58th the, the, one of the missed cuts was a notorious uh he was the first round leader and then he ended up missing the cut that was a beautiful day for the keegan bradley supporters but obviously he checks every single box except for putting he can't putt to save his life um terrible on bermuda but he is pretty good in the wind he is pretty good in difficult conditions uh only two missed cuts this year at the amex and the sony other than that he's playing very very well and he's actually been gaining strokes with the flat stick talk about lucas glover i mean keegan bradley's gained strokes in three out of his last four events including the api and the players which both both florida bermuda courses so give me some of that keegan i think i'll take that 
And then I'm going to go, so I said Keegan, I Keegan, McCarthy. I guess I'll give you a real, there is one guy down here that I, is kind of low-owned that I'm interested in. Uh, or uh, Sorry, uh, low, well, yeah, he probably will be low-owned and low, low, lower price. I don't love getting down here. But Tom Hoagie at 7,000 is fifth in this field in strokes gained approach in the last 24 rounds. Fifth in strokes gained approach, last 24 rounds. Like, you know, like John said, a lot of guys hitting to the same spot. If you're all hitting to the same spot and you're dialed in with your irons, then you're probably going to do pretty well here. Now, he's never made a cut here, which is not ideal. But Tom Hoagie's also a guy who I feel like has really kind of come into his own here lately. It, he's He's been in a final group or a second-to-last group on a Sunday and come close, but he's never really closed the door. You know, um, but... You know, 25th at the Heritage, 12th at the Valero, 22nd at the Players, 12th at Pebble Beach a couple of months ago. So, I mean, he can pop. He's he's a solid GPP play because he's usually never any higher than like 5%. And he's got top, he does have top 10 upside, even in a field like this with his ball striking. He's got top 10 upside, but he's also got a uh, a pretty low floor in terms of he could he could easily say bye-bye real early. I feel like Hoagie is like um, your new your new uh, golf man crush, like your golf really? player I, crush. Like, do I say his like, name? I a lot? feel like you you mentioned him a lot. Like, like you know, Brooks Kepka used to be and probably still is. Like, like he's the unattainable male golf crush, mm. and Hoagie's like your attainable. Oh, I could totally hook up with Tom Hoagie. Yeah, like you could hook up oh, with Hoagie. Yeah. yeah, I could pull him. Yeah, if I ran into him at a bar, I could I could probably I could probably close the deal. Brooks, there's yeah. no there's no there's no way. Um anyone. I don't really I didn't really realize I was talking about him that much. Uh, I think you put him on your card a lot, your betting card, which oh, is I, a good betting yeah, card. I do put him on the card. Um maybe you're right. Um okay, well, so Keegan, McCarthy, Hoagie, that's a scary group there. My my fate is gonna be Sam Burns. I'm not buying the Sam Burns. I had him. I I like that. I like that fade. He was my second choice to Kiz. Kiz was probably the easy one. Well, Sam Burns was the other one I had. You know, and and I like Sam Burns. I really do. I like Sam Burns as a player. We have seen him struggle lately. Now all of a sudden, we've seen him do well at the Zurich with you know Billy Horschel for a second, and people are like, oh hey yeah, let's do it. Uh, but if you look historically over his PGA Tour career in measured rounds. On Fantasy National, he is not good in the wind. In fact, he's bad, and he's bad on difficult golf courses. You know, probably not a massive sample size, and I know it is like hashtag golf, so it, it can it's wild. But so far, he's not proven himself in the wind or proven himself on tough tracks. Uh, you know, we call him Bermuda Burns, right? Because he's just, he's supposed to be known as a really good Bermuda putter. But at the API, at TPC, and the Heritage, he lost strokes putting. All of those Bermuda courses, Bermuda greens. He's not good around the greens. He sucks around the greens. Um, and if you look at 2019 and 2018, let, take a look with me. Come on. Here, come, come with me. Take a look at Sam Burns, because everybody's going to say, oh, damn, dude, you know, he finished 12th his first time out here and 30th in 2019. Now he's playing okay. It's a good spot for Sam Burns. Okay, in 2012, or in 2018, when he finished 12th, he gained almost 11 strokes putting. That is not happening again. And then in 2019, he gained 6.2 strokes putting. Also, 
not happening again. Like Sam Burns does not do that. Okay. That is not something that typically happens, even for Bermuda Burns. That's that's pretty rare. He's lost strokes in his last four events putting. So I don't really feel like a a, a six or a ten stroke gaining week is gonna is in the cards for old Sammy B. So he's a fade for me at seventy nine hundred. I, I think I'll take my chances with Keegan that he can at least get there tee to green and just really disappoint you and punch you in the testicle sack hole after hole by missing short putts. So uh, there you go. That's that's that. Let's get into the six K range. Let's just give a few names. I don't love this range whatsoever. Uh, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget uh, in the comments section what would be me and Pat's best walk-up song if we were to be partners at the Zurich Classic. What kind of what song? What's the artist? Hey, maybe if this is really good, I will use this in a Pat Reed's rap lyrics segment that is probably upcoming. I think we're I think we're due for one of those Pat Reed's rap lyrics segments. So send that in. Yeah. Uh, what would be our walk-up song? Put that in the comments uh, at uh, on the YouTube channel and give it a thumbs up and subscribe. 6K range, I'll go, I think Chase Seifert is a pretty, as, as, as close to a, God, do I say safe? That sounds, that sounds kind of scary. 6,600, it feels. I think he's pretty safe when you look at how he's played. Safey? It's kind of safey. He's safey. Yeah. Safey Seifert? Uh he is playing really damn well. He's playing really, really well. Uh, so the form is is obviously is obviously there for uh, for Seifert. He's checking a lot of boxes. You know, uh, uh, tee to green, and uh, and then I'll think. I think I'm going to go with Roger Sloan, our boy Sloan. He's mm, a guy. He's okay. a he's a man. He's a he's a male um, a male person. Uh, he's a he's a male. He's that, a guy. Uh, is in the field. Yeah, Roger Sloan. I mean, not much to write home about. I mean, his name's Roger Sloan, but he he typically has played well in the wind. Good for him. And you know, coming off a miscut at the Valero, but twenty second at Corrales, twenty fifth at the Honda, twenty second at Puerto Rico. Those are some those are some windy ish places. Some a little bit of Bermuda there with the Honda. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can find some Roger Sloan magic here this week. I don't know. I definitely prefer Seifert. And finally, I think I'm going to give a little bit of a run with our boy Henrik Norlander. Uh, it, I don't mm. love I don't love the form for 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 young Henrik, our friend Henrik. But this is his what third event in a row. He said he likes to play. He likes to play three, four, five events in a row. He starts feeling like he's warmed up. He played Heritage, missed the cut. Can't believe he did that. He shouldn't have. Then he played the Zurich. Uh, I don't think he played very well at the Zurich, if I remember correctly. But this feels like a course that should click for him. He just has to get the putter and the, and, and the chipping going, but he's such a good ball striker. It's just worth a shot. So I'm going to go with Norlander, but Seifert is definitely the play here. Yeah, I think I agree with Seifert. I mean, you look at his last five events making cuts uh, there, third at the Honda, two top 20s outside of that also. So I think Seifert is uh sort of mispriced a little bit here where he is yeah. at 6600 so i like that a lot um he'll definitely be higher owned in this this range but it's still going to be you know fairly low um i like kh lee at 6800 he he's another guy um when you look at you know the the stats for this course he's 31st in ball striking he's 40 40th in strokes gained approach 
36 around the greens. So I think, and you, you look at his form, it's been okay. And you, he played all right too at the, uh, is it at the Zurich? He played with Cal Stanley. Did you say the Zurich? Zurich. 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 Yeah, Zurich. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. It's gone. And you are negative strokes gain pronunciation. You're always in the, you're typically in the negative. Why can't you say Zurich? That's not how it's said. That's, the company is called Zurich. Who says? The company. We're not the tour junkies. Who are you? Are you listening to the CEO? Like, have you listened to, are you yes. listening to the conference calls? Yes, they interview like, the you CEO. Heard, like, did every... you listen to their last earnings call? And you're like, okay, I, let me figure out how to say Zurich. So I'm going to, or Zurich. I'm a, like, I'm going to listen to the conference call. I'm a shareholder. You know, the earnings call. I'm a shareholder. The CEO. I'm a shareholder. Get off of me. Um, no, anyway, they, they do. Right. Inter- they interview the CEO every freaking week on the PGA Tour. Oh yeah, like you watch that. By the way, this last week was the first time I did not watch a single bit. Like I literally took the week off. Like I did not watch an ounce of that. I didn't even watch the 18th hole of that round, which is the first time that's ever happened in a long time. Anyway, uh, KH Lee, like him at 6800. And then I'm taking a little another gamble here, and this is this is gonna bite me, so don't play him. But Wesley Bryan at sixty four hundred. I, I like oh, him yeah, this week. Dead. This is a course that I think he can play well. We did see him play he lured well you at in. the heritage. Yeah. He lured you in at the heritage and now you're now you're won it. Now you know, he lured me in at the Honda, and that's where I got screwed. He didn't lure me into the heritage. I didn't play him at all. But but now he's lured me back in oh, after I, I like sent him off the island. He's back. He's back in. You know he did. I did like what he had. I'd listened to an interview of him, and, and you know when he talks in his interviews, he is a, he's very good at pronunciation too. And he pronunciated the word uh, the words. I'm playing well, and I feel good about my game uh, very well in that interview. So. Uh, you know, he gave me a little confidence there, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. But don't follow me there. I wouldn't follow Yeah. Him. All right, good stuff. Good stuff, fam. Uh, that is the DraftKings Picks and Preview. Don't forget, check out tourjunkies.com slash NFT. Don't forget to check out the betting preview, which we were about to go and do right now. So if you're watching live on YouTube, hit us up here in about five minutes. Let's get that going. We're going to talk some outrights, some top 20 bets, kind of looking at the betting board. Going to mention a few names maybe we didn't cover. And, uh, yeah, talk about kind of how we might be building out the old betting card for the Valspar Championship 2021. Thanks to our special guest, the mayor, John Rathouse, or Rathouse, uh, if you're Pat. And let's have a week, fam. Let's get back on the saddle after that week off. You save the little bankroll, maybe, and you're ready to get dirty. Let's do it. May your screens be green. See ya! Out!